arrived. Um, and it appears that we may not have a quorum, but uh, let me confirm that by noting who is present from the COA. Rich Payne is present. Sue is, is... Sue is not. Is not, that's right. And Kathy is here. Uh, Nancy is not. Mike is. Mike Wilkins. Sammy is not. Tony is. Kim Price, no. And Khalid, no. So we have four present. Uh, we need five to establish a quorum, so we do not have a quorum, and therefore we're having a non-meeting. But <laughs> information meeting. Yeah, could have right. an information yeah, we could have an information, information meeting without any, any formal votes. I think they saw the first letter of the month start with A and they thought it was August. Uh, you know, I was spring break. Yeah. It's spring break. Oh, and a lot of them with their grandchildren. How dare I schedule it on spring I could get here more easily today, I'll tell you that. Yeah. Yes. It was nice. It was nice. Um, in any case, uh, let us stand and pledge allegiance, and we'll call the non-meeting to order. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands, one nation, under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. For all who are here who have not been to previous meetings, I'm Richard Payne, I'm the chair of the COA, and we welcome our guests. And our guest speaker, and uh, as Mike noted earlier, we have adjusted our uh, normal meeting agenda to put our guest speaker and guests in front of all the other stuff that we take time in doing. And so instead of you staying here until 11.15 or 11.30 to get your part, you get to speak a little early. And that being the case, we start out uh, is DFS here? No, Ro Rochelle sent me an no, email and she's yeah. out. Oh, so, yes. So we have another. Another DFS. That's okay. Yeah, so uh, Rochelle is not here. I appreciate that. So uh, our guest speaker, Shaquille, thank you very much for joining us today. Absolutely. Thank you. And this, she is with Customer Service Services and uh, the topic is On Demand Transportation Program. One. Uh, one of the issues that we of the Commission on Aging are concerned about the, the transportation of our elders when they are in need. So, that being said, you have the floor, Matt. Thank you so very much for having me. Um, and as you stated, this is a need that is present in Loud County. Um, so, I do have um, our policies and guidelines. I'm going to pass on this way and pass on this way. So that as I share what our transportation program looks like, you guys can follow along with me. Um, so I'll just give a, as this is going around, I do run a program um, for on-demand transportation. Um, it has been with us for a while. Um, our vendor is Yellow Cap Transportation. I am going to give a gentle disclaimer that they are experiencing post-COVID, or pandemic unwinding, I should say, challenges, meaning the shortage of drivers. 
they were definitely impacted by the influx and increase of gas prices. So as I give our guidelines, um, what we're getting back is when we're scheduling, we are scheduling with a, yes, it's confirmed, however, there may be some challenges, challenges with the day of, we may not have enough drivers. So that's a, a disclaimer before I go into what this looks like for us. Um, I, do, I did hear that you are the case manager for um, here. Are there any additional case managers? Um, there's not additional case managers, but we have aging specialists that okay. many of us deal with transportation. Okay. I'm not the only Okay, wonderful. I'm glad to hear that. Um, so that, that being said, your um, clients, mm -hmm. you will do the intake piece of it, and then you and I will do the scheduling piece sure. of it. So um, by definition, what a rider looks like is basically a patient that rides that requires the ride. Caregivers are allowed to accompany the rider, but they must be over 18 years old. I used to be a caregiver for my grandmother as of age 8. Um, but with this particular program, they have to be over 18. And one of the, uh, one example is why we require that is let's say that, a, that they fall or something like that, you need to have someone who is of age who can make a 911 call or make a, a decision on the spot. Um, a referral agent would be you. Workers submitting the request for on-demand transportation. A regular ride is all rides within Loudoun County. We do schedule some rides for vets um, that would go to um, Martinsburg to the VA, to the closest VA center, which happens to be in Martinsburg. I think it's only like an hour drive. Um, a UVA ride. We do have riders that go to the University of Virginia for medical um, services only. So um, UVA down south, not uh, Charlottesville. So eligibility. They must be a Loudoun County resident. Unfortunately, right in Chantilly on that cross line. If you're if you're addressed, even though like you right there on the line, if you're in the Fairfax, you have to go through Fairfax. Um, um, eligibility: it is mo a gross monthly income below seventy percent of VA median income, based on household income size. And we do give you a um, chart to where you can make those intake decisions based on what their income looks like. Resident does not have any other transportation options for their appointment. Um, so in your intake, you want to have these conversations. Do you have family members that can support you? Um, it literally, this is their <coughs> only option to getting to their appointment. Um, and with that being said, keep in mind the challenges that the yellow cab is facing. Um, again, because they're also taking other cab riders. Medicaid recipients should first take Logisticare, should contact, uh, excuse me, should first contact Logisticare but can use ODT for dental appointments. Famous or Medicare recipients should check with transportation services provided by their insurance. So if they have Medicaid, they have other options within their, within their provisions. Um, ODT should be the very last option when they have no other option. What does Medicaid provide? Medicaid is the state, uh, federally funded via the state insurance program. Yeah, and so they can get transportation 
Going to medical appointments. Yes. So that is covered under their Medicaid. So if they have Medicaid, they have another option for for a transportation. Now, it doesn't cover dental. So if they have Medicaid and they're going to a dentist appointment, we will cover that piece. So use Medicaid instead of this. Yes. And uh, your service covers more than just medical and dental. So yes, we will cover dialysis appointments. Those and in your intake, have these conversations. This is because we can set it up to where it's a standing ride, to where we may just have to do one order for the entire year. Um, Our our veterans has a program with uh, on-demand transportation for their medical rides, Um, chemotherapy. So it will cover a not a myriad of things, but there is a short list of things that it will cover. But you don't cover it because the grocery stores? No, no, they'd have to come take a lift on their own. Okay, got it, got it. I just yeah. want to make sure that you I know, we don't cover that as of right now. Got it. Got it. Okay. So all rides are subject to approval from the ODT program based on current funding and ride avail- availability. Yes. I'm going to ask a question that okay. you to ask you if the young lady can ask a question. Absolutely. Is that okay? Absolutely. Okay. Thank you. Okay. Um, I wanted to know, does it cover physical therapy? So it does. It can cover physical therapy. Okay. That is one of the things in our short myriad of things that we can cover. Okay. Thank you. Yes. Um, Good question. That is a great question. Thank you for asking it. So again, all rides are subject to approval based on current funding and ride availability. Keep in mind that original disclaimer, ride availability. That seems to be the pressing thing right now. Again, as we're going through this pandemic unwinding and people are returning to pre-COVID lifestyle. May I ask a question? Absolutely. So do we pay them their standard rate? So we do have a negotiated contract with them. So are they... (coughs) necessarily would they put somebody who's paying the standard rate ahead of us if they had two calls at the same time so that's a great question I can't answer the question because I don't know their policies as far as who do they choose however I know when I get they confirmed I got your ride I'm going to okay I have this ride confirmed what are you doing for me so I'm fighting for my ODT ride right I, when I give them a call and I will sometimes I'll get I don't have a driver in the area meaning that their drivers are already on a ride and they could be on their way back um, so that's where the fight is oh. and, and, and I'm just gonna I, I operate in spirit of transparency because they are on a, a, a shortage of drivers they're trying to double schedule the drivers that they have so that's where the fight is right now we do. We do, and that's what we're negotiating right now to say if you can't, if you're not honoring my ride, you're going to deduct from. We're going to get some compensation and some kickback because you didn't honor my ride. So that's what we're. What the other way? In other words, gas prices are going up. Are you increasing the amount that they get paid? So again, we're in the middle. We're literally in the middle of a negotiation of a contract negotiation with them and looking at other options for vendors as well. I hope that answered your question. Okay, wonderful. Perfect. Okay. What is the average? I'm sorry. No, 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 no. That's that's not operating in the the spirit of transparency. What is the average number of rides that you provide monthly? So that's a great question. So January is about 50. 
Just closed out March at around 65. So that's what I hang around. Okay. Great. Any Thank other you. questions before I move on to this bullet? Yes, ma'am. I have a question. Um, given you're in uh, contract negotiations, are you also, is the state looking at increasing your budget? Because I know in the past, oftentimes by June, the budget was gone. And you, is that still happening? And So th that's a great question. Our, but we, we, our budget is safe, meaning that from year to year, we never hit that maximum. So we're safe with our on-demand transportation oh. budget. As of 2020 to 2022, I will say that. Now keep in mind, we did live in a pandemic world for the last two years, mm -hmm. but our budget has been comfortably safe for the last two years. <laughs> and again, we did have a comfortable pandemic that people weren't really utilizing it as much, so we did, so we were able to keep that as a rollover. <coughs> Any other questions? Well, sir, how long have you been doing this? So I, you, so I, well, you too. <laughs> okay. So I have to tell you, I so I've been with I've been with um, the Department of Family Services since 2018. So I can tell you that the that this program was definitely with the with the agency well before 2018. Okay, so you have some history. So it does have some history. Uh, yeah. Okay. Yes. Mike, if I could comment, AAA, we, we actually used to mm -hmm. run this program. Oh, I was thinking that. I don't know when it ended. I don't know if anybody can remember, but I remember Liz. Before I was here. So, so and that's over been. 10 years ago. So, well, oh, wow. Really? Okay. Well, I don't know. It, and then we basically handed it off to Department of Family Services. Yes, so it's been there quite a while. Okay. <laughs> Anything else? All right. Let's go. Well, very resilient. Yes, <laughs> and one thing that you've learned is to be adaptable and flexible. <laughs> so, transportation is for non emergency medical and dental appointments only. Two rides a week within the county, two rides a month outside the county. Now, keep in mind, mental health also uses this, so that's why they have the point of mental health exception. So two rides within the county and two rides with the outside of the county, including the UVA rides or the VA rides. Ride requests. To ensure ride processing for the ODT program and scheduling with the vendor, please follow the guidelines below. Regular rides should be requested 48 hours in advance of the appointment date. So let's say that your client, and I do realize, and I'm gonna pause just for a second, I do realize that our clients, we're dealing with our elderly population. They may say, oh, I forgot I have an appointment tomorrow. I always, we always get flexibility. However, we do try to ask our, 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 our referring workers to, can you please try to give me 48 hours? Mm -hmm. Only because, again, we're dealing with challenges. Right. I want the customer service front desks at our Ridgetop <coughs> and our Shenandoah <coughs> office along with this program. So we do want to have 48 hours of scheduling time because I have to communicate. You've got to communicate with me. I've got to schedule it. I've got to wait for the order to get back and then get back to you so that you give it to your client. So there's like five touch points there. So we want to allow at least 48 hours. I'm also going to add another disclaimer that as we're negotiating with this challenge, what can we do to decrease 
the number of challenges, do we need to add a 72 hours so that may be forthcoming? I don't know. But as of right now, it is 48 hours just to, make, to ensure that we can at least honor the request. It, it, um, <coughs> go ahead. Is there a reminder call? To so that's a piece that is in the works. One of, I am looking to see if we can eventually add, you know how like when you schedule your doctor's appointments and you right. get that gentle you text, the, hey, I just want to give you a reminder, that's something that maybe fourth company coming with a technology request, mm -hmm. it's not going to happen this year or next budget, mm -hmm. but it's a request that I'm, you know, let, let's, I'm, I, I fully embrace technology, I'm kind of in that cushion, I'm young enough to like it, but still old enough you know, I'm old enough to like it, but young enough to kind of like, yeah, let's kind of add some things. Um, but as of right now, we don't. Yes, ma'am. You mentioned technology. Is there a way that you also can look into there being just a phone call too? So, so on this end, we don't have. I don't have. We don't have the manpower to call the clients. That's right. for the referring agent okay. and the client to partner to say, okay. do you need a reminder? Okay. So that's. So if you were, if your client called and said, "Hey, I need to schedule," you and your partner, you and your client can partner to say, "Do you need a gentle reminder?" Gotcha. Okay. Now I will say this: Yellow Cap does. If they say, "Hey, I'm running, I'm running," because we do. Let me also add this disclaimer: We do ask a 30-minute cushion. So let's say you schedule for the pickup at 11 o'clock. We ask that you allow a 30-minute cushion. So if you are requesting a 11 o'clock pickup, schedule for 10:30 pickup. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I do this with my husband, he's a procrastinator. <laughs> so if he needs to be somewhere at 2 o'clock, make your appointments at 1 o'clock. Because he's going to get there at 1 45. Right. So add that extra time in there. This is just something that you're very understanding. Tricks of the trade. I want to stay married. Tricks of the trade. Tricks of the trade. So add a 30 minute cushion in your schedule time. Just because, again, Cavs, hey, he's, he's trying, the, the driver's trying to get back there. We have traffic. So just little things that you learn to implement in there, okay? Any other questions before I go away? Okay. Um, so, so UVA, University of Virginia ride should be requested not less than 72 hours in advance. Because remember, we're, we've got drivers, but that needs to be scheduled because they're going down to Charlottesville, okay? Rides that require a wheelchair accessible vehicle or special accommodation are based on availability. In the spirit of transparency, I've just learned they have one wheelchair accessible van right now. And that is a hot commodity in this program. So when I get that request, I will put it in a subject line with asterisks, wheelchair accessible van requested. They'll give me a, confirma a confirmation, but it's only one. So if everybody, so basically it's more demand than supply on that one. So. What's the alternative when you don't have it? That's a great question. I'm glad you asked that. If you have a wheelchair that folds up, <coughs> let your client know. We don't have the wheelchair accessible van that with the sliding doors, but we do have a van. We do have a cart. Do, are, are you comfortable with folding your your uh, fold your wheelchair up and, and you know have and getting in a car? That is that one is okay. But for those that have a motorized wheelchair. Mm -hmm. We can't, there is no alternative. We literally have to say, okay, I need that wheelchair. So are you, are you flexible to reschedule for another date to where it's available? So those are different kind of alternatives that we work with for that one. Is it the expectation that the client has to fold their wheelchair and put it in the trunk or the driver? So the, so the drivers don't do anything. That's a wonderful question. Thank you for asking mm -hmm. it. 
drivers don't do anything. So keep in mind that's why we've got the accompaniment of 18 years and over that can help. I have a husband, a spouse, a wife, an 18-year-old child that can help. Um, please fill out the ODT request entirely and accurately. Indicate any mobility requirements and caregivers accompanying the patient for each ride. Again, the more information that we can put into the request, the merrier. The more, more over-communicate. ODT is a curb-to-curb -curb service. Riders are responsible for getting to and from the vehicle. Again, the, the cab driver is literally there to pick up and drop off. They don't assist. Um, so if our clients can get some assistance with them, see if they get some assistance with them. Drivers will wait about five to 10 minutes before marking an absence as a no-show. So here is why adding that extra cushion time is important. Our cab drivers, they're not as gentle as realizing that we deal with our elderly population. They don't, they don't walk as fast as we do. They don't walk as fast as they do. So add in, you know, and just remind you, hey, they're only going to wait five to ten minutes. So, you know, if you need to wait outside for them, you know, and I know in the cold it's not as nice and gentle, but like kind of wait out front, maybe on your front doorstep or in the doorway for them. So these are things that we could just share with our clients to kind of make the transition a little easier for them. Check addresses and phone numbers. Do not put the dashes in the telephone numbers. So when so on the ODT form, don't put the dash in the put the telephone number all the way through with no dashes to ensure the accuracy. Um, ensure enough time for travel to the appointment again. I, like I said, add an extra 30 minutes cushion in there. Considering the distance, traffic, rider mobility, and delays due to higher rider volume. Any questions regarding the rider request section? I have one. Sure. So when, you're, when the yellow cab is taking them to their appointment, and say their appointment is an hour and a half, are they waiting? So yes, they do wait. Okay. If they're local, they may not wait. They, you know, they'll may they may take a sh if they get a short ride. Okay. Let's if they're local here in Leesburg and they hear over the ride radio need a pickup, that's within that general area. They will go do that pickup and come back. If they're in UVA and Marksburg, they will wait. Okay. Any other questions in the ride request section? Okay, so we're under the general communication section now. So all communication with the ODT program should be sent to dfsodt at loudon.gov. That's a whole mailbox just for that. All urgent matters during business hours, a <coughs> referral agent can also call the ODT line at 571-258-3410-830-5. That rings directly to my desk. I work from our Eastern office, our Leesburg office, or our telework office. I don't know which days I'm going to be where. I literally just, okay, where am I today? However, if I'm not at my desk, I check that mailbox three times a day. Um, should your client have an emergency, your, you should be, the client should reach out to you first. If the client can't reach to you, the client can call that mailbox. However, you should be your client's first point of contact. This number is internal for you and I to communicate. I will also have 
leave my personal my my work cell phone number to say hey and if this doesn't work you can always give me a call on my on my work cell phone number I don't print it here because this could eventually go out to a client so I don't put my first my work cell phone number there so as I'm reading through this and I have to understand that the only person who can schedule a ride is a caseworker so the customers don't schedule a ride. That was my question. Absolutely. The customer calls the, the referral worker who does the intake and sends it to me. So it's always that, that three-point touch. Now you're talking to AAA, but this is also available for all, anybody on Medicaid, correct? Anybody who, well, not on Medicaid, anyone who has no other form of transportation. Oh, anyway, whether on Medicaid or not. Well, so it's actually outside of Medicaid. If you have Medicaid, you, have, you already have oh, true. transportation. Uh, if you have no other form of transportation and you live in Loudoun County, you can use this, this resource. Okay, perfect, perfect, perfect. Okay. Referral agents are the primary contacts for your riders. Riders may call the ODT line for urgent cancellations or no-shows if unable to reach the referral agent. If a rider needs to cancel outside of county business hours, let's say, prime example, <gasps> The non-major holidays, like Columbus Day, we may be closed, but medical offices are not. If they, they can phone the vendor so they can call Yellow Cab to dispatch because we're not available. Um, Yellow Cab's open. So dispatch phone number is listed there so you can educate your clients, hey, I'm not, you know, we're closed. However, if you need to cancel, you can, they can call directly to Yellow Cab when we're not available. Riders should only notify their referring a referral agent of the ride cancellation. And listen, example: rider needs to cancel the evening before an 8 a.m. pickup, and of course, we're all closed at 9 o'clock. But they, you know, I'm not feeling well, or of course, during the pandemic, uh, COVID pandemic, um, high season, I have a cough, I'm running a fever, I need to cancel, but we're closed. They can call directly to Yellow Cab to do that. Referral agents should notify the ODT program of all cancellations, no-shows, and schedule changes. Yellow Cab will call the client's phone and text cell phone when the cab is close to their location. So there is communication from Yellow Cab to the client. That's why the telephone number is listed. Any questions on general communication before we move on? Okay. Silence is consent. Okay. <laughs> Miscellaneous. To avoid paying out of pocket, riders should check with the driver that the ride is prepaid. Ambulatory equipment, walkers, wheelchairs, etc., must be self-provided and collapsible to enter the car. Now, keep in mind, again, the wheelchair accessible van is different. The car, it will fold and go into the trunk. For UVA rides, clients should expect a carpool with up to three riders in one trip. Mm -hmm. This is not being enforced during COVID. <coughs> so that was, so pre and post COVID, because it's such a long trip, they may carpool. So how do you determine your pickup time? If mm -hmm. So usually, um, and I've noticed this on the scheduling, now again, I've only scheduled during COVID, but I did notice on the schedule there's set times. So
So you so they'll get you there early. If your appointment is at like 10.30, they'll get you there like 8.30 in the morning. And then they'll come back and pick up like at 3 in the afternoon. So you just have to kind of isolate your day. I have a UVA appointment that day, and it's going to be an all-day journey. Does that make sense? Somebody else has got one at 10.30. Then you Someone may have one at 9, yeah, and so you're just going to have to sit around and wait to your appointment. Yeah. And then if your appointment's over at one, but the but the ride isn't done, yeah. the drive the, the pickup isn't there for three, go down to the bottom and have lunch. Get a cup of coffee. Get a cup of coffee. <laughs> Make sense? That's good. And so last point. Where are we now oh. with this? I'm sorry. Where are oh, we no. now with the COVID? I mean, I, so right I, now they're, they're still being individualized. Still, okay, sure. However, again, I even with Medicaid, we're going through pandemic unwinding. Yeah trying to get back to to pre-COVID lifestyle. Okay. So this is still forthcoming. Okay. And ODT has an incident report form for the caseworker or rider to complete if the client experiences issues with their ride. Now clients don't fill it out. The clients should actually be communicating with you as a referral agent. And nine times out of ten, what happens is you guys will have, hey, I just got this call. Clients, this is what happened. You'll share with me, and I'm going to send you the, the incident report form. So once a month, I sit down with Yellow Cab to go over, okay, this is what our money looks like. Here's what my no-shows look like. Here's what your no-shows look like. Let's talk about it. Okay? And here's the challenges. How are we going to fix this? This can't happen again. Or how are we going to move forward X, Y, Z? So that's what that's for. Any questions regarding miscellaneous or anything that we... Are there any requirements um, for the driver or the passenger to wear a mask? No. So it follows the state of Virginia. So when Virginia says mask up, you look at masks up. Well, is this considered public transportation? This is public transportation. Which still requires masks, right? That's a great question. So let me retract my statement. It's not public, it's whatever Yellow Cat says. So I've got some homework. Can I get back to Terry? Can I send you the response? Yes. For you to share? That. Yes. Action item. <coughs> Mask question. When in doubt, carry a mask. Yep. I have a couple in my bag. Just when in doubt, follow what, what, what the office says. Absolutely. So I will send that to Terry, and I'll send that to you by close of business today, Terry. Okay, thank you. I have a question yes, on uh, other than aging services, AAA, how do people know, how does the medical group, do medical groups know about this program and other people that may, the, the public who may need these services, how do they find out? So that's a great question. I know mental health shares the information. I know um, health works <laughs> shares information. Um, it's on our it's on LobCounty.gov's website, um, and opportunities such as this, um, I can tell you that we do need to find additional opportunities to get the word out. So, the question is, get the word out to whom? To the residents of Loudon. But there, there's a reason as a caseworker has to call you. You said that just an individual can't schedule right. a ride. But they could they but they it's out on our information and referral page. So whenever. So if they call out any office, we're going to direct them to information and referral, who okay. does our public uh, intake, okay. and our and they refer it to an internal caseworker at Loudon um, and the address. Okay. All right. And they, they, so they, any they, resident can call. Can call. 
and get an intake. You ready for more questions? I am. <laughs> so I was just sort of glancing through the um, the income, and uh, it seems like some of those below maybe. 20 percent or something probably are going to be on medicaid anyway not there i don't know what the exact numbers are but those are pretty low um, numbers so wouldn't they typically be on medicaid most of, most of them usually are all right so it's a good chart though i appreciate this in fact yeah. i'm going to give it to mary Lewis, so she'll have it. um do you have any relationship to uh virginia transit do you use them at all um i not Virginia, loud transit. Loud transit. Yes. I tell you what, can I follow up on you and make sure that they ha and can I get back to you on this? Oh, oh sure. I, it's not Only because question. I don't know. Okay. Um, I don't know if there's a relationship. Right. I'm sure it is because this program is is you know has historic historical value. Right. And they have done some of this in the past, haven't they? Or paratransit as well. Yeah. Okay. Um, well, I, I will pause because I just have a short Is it Virginia Regional? Oh, no. Continue. 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 Oh, no, don't stop them. Well, no, but I mean, I, I'll just absorb the, everything. So I want to make sure that people have a chance to talk. Mm -hmm. Go ahead, Bridget. Well, um, is it okay? Do you have a card? Do we have an outreach and do share um, I can forward this to Terry as well electronically to share it out yep. what the guidelines look like um, the ODT telephone number because I never got cards but your what? number is here right so I'm gonna share my work cell phone number with you guys and and Terry has it again I'll share it with an email it is 571 509 8049. So we have an outreach um, specialist who we were just saying um, reach out to you Absolutely. to help get the word out. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, um, can we also make sure that um, Deb Bressler has that info to make sure she sends? I think she has. She send has it out to the community ambassador group. And is it on our one pager, the one with the other services, I'm not just sure. AAA? Because sure. let's check on that, because we yeah. should be certainly at it. Yeah. So, which, which Lynn, thanks for bringing the volunteers, because I had a question for you. Another question. Uh, how many uh, rides a week did you say there was? So monthly, in March, I did 65. Last week, actually, I can tell you right now. Well, no, just, it's only 60 a month. The reason I was asking is because uh, we were talking about a reminder call. You know, if I don't know that it would be worth setting up a volunteer program if it's only 60 a month. I mean, that's not, you know, that, I don't know if you get volunteers to sit still. Yeah, I don't know. That's so, but if you had more, that might be. Uh, might be <coughs> so that averages to be about what, 20 a week? Yeah, I don't know. Do you, have do you have volunteers in your work? <coughs> but if it's something you want to investigate, the lady she just mentioned, Deborah Bressler, would be somebody to talk to. Okay. She's in this department. Okay. Um, Deborah B R E S L E R S S S S Deborah Bressler. And so, I mean, you might just talk to her about it and see. And so, do we use volunteers? AAA all the time. Okay. Yeah. yeah. And and actually it should go through Trisha 
and then Tricia would speak to Deb Bressler because Tricia's in charge of resources. So I see that as a resource, and then it goes out to a volunteer request. Okay. Do you ever consider calling using Uber? Or can you not get a contract with them? So, so with Uber, we're limited with the insurance factor because uh, they are independent drivers. Mm -hmm. That's the, the setback that we thought about the Uber factor. Mm -hmm. I have a kind of a, a nuanced, maybe technical question, uh, and this relates to the age person who can accompany one of these people or, you know, the, the senior. So my wife tells me that if you are checking out of the hospital, you cannot take a cab. You have to have a, somebody to drive you. But do you know if they have an 18-year-old caretaker with them, if they could, in that case, take a cab? From the I told you it was nuanced. From the <laughs> hospital. Now, I have to tell you, I've never scheduled a young, I've never scheduled an on-demand from a hospital. You can't. They won't yeah. let you take so, it out. So, that's a great right. question. Unless you have, well, I don't even, I don't know the second half of that. All I've ever heard is you have to have somebody that you know come and pick you up. And the other question is, um, do hospital discharge staff know about on-demand right. transportation because they should be giving that information out right for, for future appointments right yeah. exactly yeah. as a you know you you're going to have needs in the future just like they tell them about you know home delivered meals or what have you right. this should be another resource that's mm -hmm. conveyed through um, hospital discharge so that might we'll be something to up. look into <laughs> as well that's what we'll do and then you get some volunteers yeah do you have a max number of rides like that you can allow per month right now? So I don't have a total max capacity um, right now. I just have what our budget looks like for the year. And that each person can only do so many rides. Right. So that gives me some that gives me some cushion, which I appreciate. And is there a um, age requirement like is it 55 and older 60 and older? so no. no age and here's why because we just added the component of you um to our to this to this to this contract and so view is a medicaid or, or for recipients who receive medicaid um that are that have need child care so those that are going to work and they need to drop the children off for child care they can utilize this fund, utilize this funding as well. So they don't, and these are school-age children. These are working moms that need to drop the kids off for school. So that, so that's why we don't have an age component on that piece. So there is the on-demand transportation for medical, but then we've also got the view side of it. So there is no age um, restriction. I don't know what that is. So you're saying you can. You tell me. So what, what if a work, so if a, a mom who receives TANF, which is a, a a component of, and forgive me, I can't remember the, the I'm not quite sure of those what those acronyms are, but if they receive, um, it's temporary assistance for, for needy families. families. Thank you, thank food you, my stamps. Yeah, food stamp benefits. It is a benefit for them if they are working. 
attempting to come off of these of these state funds, and oh, I, I need child care. I can't get my child to work. I, I got to get my child to daycare so that I get to work. Well, there is this is an opportunity for them to get the child to daycare. Well, I need I don't need a ride there, so they can tap into the to the on-demand transportation fund to drop the child off and come back get pick up the child. That's totally cool. I didn't know that. Because that's the biggest problem of anybody going back to work is not having parents. Absolutely. Very cool. Thank you for refreshing my mind. I'm not done right now. There's so many. Everything's an acronym. When I was in the military, I uh, started working up in the Pentagon, and, and after <laughs> being in the Navy for just several years, and talk about acronyms. The Navy has a lot from the military. Yes. And the secretary put down on my desk a book titled Dick Navab. So, Dictionary of Naval Abbreviations. So, it was just a funny thing. Yes, everything's an acronym. Are there any other questions for you? Thank you very much. Yes, thank you. You're absolutely welcome. And so, Terry, I've got some homework, and I will send it to okay. you close the business today. That's fine. Thank, Thank you. you. You're welcome. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. The next item on the agenda is public guest comments. Ladies, would you care to offer a comment? Well, I would like to introduce myself. So I'm Lakeisha McDurphy. Um, I am a resident of Loudoun. You did an excellent job. Thank you. Um, and um, I... Uh, I do have a senior care business, um, but I also am here because I have a strong passion for seniors. I have worked with seniors for a while. I did work for the federal government for a while, um, but I um, am now currently working with seniors where my heart lies. Um, it has hurt me to see seniors be mistreated. So when the opportunity presented itself, I wanted to tap in here where I know I could be a blessing and of service to seniors. So, um, you know, I'm here because I would like to learn more about what Loudon is doing um, since I live here and how I can help with um, just helping seniors. Sounds like you're a great candidate to be a member of the Commission on Aging. That would be nice too. But for right now, I'm learning. Program. I'm learning and I am. Um, Happy to help. I am here to listen, and I'm here to serve. So thank you for having me. It's nice to see you all face to face. Oh, and I brought my mother with me. Hi. Oh, this is Anita Word. Anyone want to say anything? Senior. Senior. I'm assisting her with the business that she has in the seniors because I have quite a passion for seniors. I was caregiver for my mom for over 20 some years. For my husband, who passed a while back due to cancer. So I have a, I really have a passion for seniors as well as for children. Uh, I've been working with the Children's Hospice Association for over 21 years as a volunteer. And with Wings for All program, I don't know if anyone is familiar with that, Wings for All. Yes. Yes. With some of the, um, volunteer, charitable, philanthropic uh, program. So I have a passion again for seniors and certainly working with my daughter, seeing what I can do to, to assist her. 
And I, I have heard about your program because uh, my mother was involved. And it does go back quite a few years. Okay. And it was an excellent program. Helping my mother get to and from different apartments. <coughs> so again, I'm very happy to be here. Thank you again for having me. And if anything I can do or learn or be I did forget to mention, I also volunteer at the Ashburn Center. Oh, good, good. So, so you have access to a lot of information that is distributed through the area agency on aging. I do. Good, good. Yes. I, I was going to ask oh, right. how we got information. Leslie, she might be a good uh, email address to add to your list when you send out uh, opportunities for Actually, so, you're on the, the board. Yes, I do sit on the advisory board at okay. the Ashford Center. Good, good. Great. Well, Thanks for having well, us. Well, you're a real one then. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so, thank you very much, Keisha. You're welcome. And good luck to you. Thank and you. And thank you for joining and helping. And they have a very good line dance program. Well, since. Uh, We'll, we'll press on and, and you ladies can stay if you wish or have the rest of your day to yourselves. Um, since we don't have a quorum, we don't uh, don't need to go through the process of approving the minutes for March. We'll worry about that for the next meeting in which we have a quorum. But I can uh, offer comments in the chairman's report and we'll ask Lynn to offer her comments all also. First of all, uh, Karen Sheets' retirement was had quite a quite an event, even though it was cold. It was cold. <laughs> but uh, uh, she was sent off with uh, in grand style. Uh, she did a lot of work in support of the commission on aging, certainly. Um, and uh, I was uh, sitting next to a person who was in the budget committee. Uh, for uh, Parks and Recreation. And uh, I said, oh yeah, we had endorsed an addition of a staff member for Home Delivered Meals. And this gal says, oh yeah, that was the uh, Board of Supervisors approved that. And oh, so okay. so we're, we're making some progress. Uh, <coughs> Supervisor Briskman, uh, who is the Algonquian uh, district uh, supervisor, had a town hall in Cascades about a development of a, a new housing area uh, right off of Route 7 uh, adjacent to uh, Cascades Boulevard. And uh, during the course of the presentation, noted that uh, the, the company that's building it met the 8% goal of having low-income housing and that uh, the new housing uh, proclamation by the Board of Supervisors raises that to 20% for future developments. Of course, there, there are a lot of uh, current residents who are concerned about the not-in-my-backyard, which is an unfortunate syndrome, but uh, there is also the issue of uh, school capacities and that is looked at very closely so uh, and in the Algonquian district uh, the elementary school and 
middle school are fine, but the high school is already uh, at capacity or over capacity. So uh, I don't know how that, that can be resolved. Um, the, uh, there's an announcement about the upcoming Northern Virginia Aging Network meeting, which is going to be held next Tuesday, the 19th. If you haven't uh, gotten an invitation, Kathy has been remiss then and not sending it out there. <laughs> I'm sorry. You, you forwarded it. <laughs> Last okay. last time, Should last I send time, another and, one out? <laughs> and, and, and I was, I was just pulling, uh, pulling your leg. I'd be glad to send. I uh, yeah, uh, but uh, in, uh, this this is going to be a brainstorming session. Yes, in which we're going to be developing ideas for the 2023 uh, legislative platform. Uh, last year's platform, there are a number of priorities that were approved. Uh, but we still have continuing concerns about nursing homes, uh, long-term care ombudsman program, uh, regional older adult facilities mental health support team, uh, livable home tax credit, uh, mentally capable but terminally ill adults to request Medicaid and dying, uh, Department of Corrections issues, and the Virginia Public Guardianship Program. Of, of note is that uh, VICAC made some money last year, right? Well, it's, it's, well, it's, well, it's in the pipeline. Oh, it's in it's, the pipeline. Um, it has been included in the governor's introduced budget, okay. whatever that yeah. all means. Cool. So we're making some progress anyhow. Um, and accompanying that uh, announcement was uh, the AARP filter on uh, introducing programs and it's got a number of bullets and I'll just recite them without necessarily discuss, discussing them. Is it worthwhile? Is it winnable? Does it have wide uh, support? Is it <coughs> deeply felt? Sorry, do you have passion about it? Um, is it easy to understand? Is there a good target and time frame? Is it non-divisive? Um, and in this political climate, everything is divisive, so it's going to be difficult. Does it build leadership? And it, does it set us up for future issues? And is it consistent with our values? So AARP has done a lot of work. Uh, I know that uh, we are all probably invited at one time or another to, <laughs> uh, to join AARP, and uh, they, they do a lot of good work for us. Rich, on that same note with mm -hmm. the NBAN, um, I just want to throw out that I've learned so much from being part of those panels, yeah. developing different uh, budget and, and legislative items, and highly encourage. Oh, yeah. Both Kathy More and Kim, of us to get involved. Kim Price have been involved uh, with NVAN after the brainstorming session. There is a request for volunteers to assist in developing those issues so that they can be logically presented to our legislators at the end of the year 
again, with the passion and uh, a clear target associated with them. Yeah. And Kathy has learned a lot of that information already. Yeah. So it's not only an opportunity to learn about issues that are of interest to NVAN members, of which all the Northern Virginia Aging Network uh, organizations are participants, uh, Fairfax, Arlington, Love, Prince William, and Alexandria, uh, we're very influential. We uh, are a strong component of the Virginia Commonwealth. So uh, let's uh, make sure that we represent ourselves and the rest of the Commonwealth as effectively as we can. Um, and I know that uh, we received information that, will, that is on the agenda about remote participation. Very interesting. We had uh, tried to encourage our supervisors to include that in future legislation. Uh, right now, uh, during the course of COVID, we were permitted to have full remote participation. But now that we are getting off of those restrictions, we can join today and see one another's faces personally. Uh, and not just the, the screenshots that uh, we had become so accustomed to over the last year plus. Uh, but, uh, and so I'm, we had <coughs> made a recommendation to our supervisors that uh, they consider a bylaw amendment to allow remote participation. And that, uh, interestingly, that was the date of the meeting was September of 2020, but it's now, now resurrected as a possibility for the future, and we'll discuss that. So we're saying it would be a hybrid meeting kind of thing? No? Correct. Oh, yeah. And, I'll and we'll, discuss that. We'll, I'll, yeah, I'll we'll give you We'll discuss the details, oh, yeah. Okay. Oh, okay. So okay. that uh, concludes my comments. Any questions or comments? I know we have social isolation, which is always. Uh, so, Lynn, may I turn over to you? Yep. Well, let me start with the remote participation. What we were asked to do was to vote today, but we can't vote because we yeah. don't have the quorum. Um, but every board-appointed commission or advisory group is being asked to officially vote to add a remote participation component to their bylaws the law be consistent. Um, however, the Board of Supervisors will, once it gets voted on, approved to add to your bylaws, bylaws are not official until and unless they are approved by the Board of Supervisors. So the first step is to vote on it. <coughs> then what the board is doing is they're looking at this countywide, um, as I touched on before, and what they're going to do is they're, they're basically going to follow the foundation of the legislation that was in this year's um, legislative package, but it didn't go anywhere. Um, in that, no, it won't be a hybrid per se, Tony. What it will be is um, an option, however, it's going to be predicated on 
need, there'll be criteria um, that a member, a COA member, for example, will need to give a good reason why they could not participate in person. Illness, vacation. Yes. So there'll have to be a reason, and it will only be allowed two times per calendar year. Yeah. And again, the board is the they will come out with, you know, a criteria and a remote participation policy that will be consistent across all of their board-appointed commissions and advisory no. groups. And they're quite so, a number of those. Exception. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, and also of, of note is that there must be a quorum of no. actual people at in, the meeting. In, in person. To That's vote. right. Uh, uh, no, uh, for the, yeah, for the meeting to occur. Mm -hmm. and for remote participation to be allowed. So uh, we would still need five people, so we could have yeah. potentially four people who are absent for one of their two sessions, and each yeah. of those individuals who yeah. wants to participate remotely would have to notify us, me, uh, the chairman, uh, in advance of their inability to participate. And that could be like a phone call. I mean, it could be exactly. on the phone. It doesn't have to be Zoom kind of thing. Exactly. Yeah, we don't know really what the board will come up with in terms of, okay, what is the venue by which that would be allowed, the two times per year for good reason, et cetera, et cetera, because it is a resource issue countywide, including for the Board of Supervisors. We don't have the resources to just say, okay, we'll do hybrid meetings all the time. So that is not going to happen because it's a – you know, personal resource issue as well as a, a budget resource issue. So that's what's going to happen in the future. So it'll probably take, I don't know how long, I, I really can't guess, but a little bit before all of that is worked out. Yeah, so. and as Lynn says, there are issues to be worked out. One of the comments in the uh, draft participation policy is that the location from which the member participated remotely has to be recorded in the minutes. So, uh, I'm in uh, South Florida. <laughs> so, interestingly, even if we have remote participation, we would not have a quorum today. That's correct. Yeah, mm -hmm. so we still could. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's even correct. if everybody was online. Yeah, that's plus, correct. Yeah. Okay, I will yeah. go on with my report. Um, as somebody had mentioned, the Board of Supervisors approved the FY23 budget on April 5th, and included in that was our requested meal specialist. So that was approved. So, yeah. So July, well, I don't know if the person will be hired by July 1, but, you know, becomes effective. July 1, the beginning of, you know, fiscal good. year 23. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's good. Um, also wanted to follow up. Um, I and Deborah Williams, we met with that Loudon Times reporter I had told you about last time. We met with her on March 17th. Um, she said at that time she's interested in doing in, in, uh, one or more stories on all of AAA programs and services. That was my request to her. Not just adult day centers, not just senior centers, everything. And um, we're going to, Deborah and I are going to meet with her again next week. So we're going to follow up. Has she done anything yet? Not yet, no. Okay. No. Uh, will it show up in uh, Loudon in the News? It'll be in the Loudon Times Mirror. Well, no, but I mean, we, you get, and I get through Mary Lou, that list of 
I don't know. That's controlled by the Public Information Office. I mean, yeah. you know, we will. I guess we'll let them know. Well, I guess I'm, yeah. I guess I would ask maybe yeah. somebody yeah. here, somebody could let us yeah. know. Oh, we when yeah. It shows up and we, we will make sure we will we certainly yeah. let yeah. you know that. Cool. Okay. You know, she's going to decide how she wants to do it. I think she wanted to start with the adult day centers and something else first. I can't remember yeah. which. Oh, yeah, home delivery meal program, and then she'll move on to you know some other areas so that you know everything gets covered. Cool. Very good. So. Um, I also wanted to let you know, I don't think I told you this last time, that Cheryl Flowers, who is the manager of the Leesburg Adult Day Center, um, Cheryl is retiring as well on June 1. Um, her official last day is May 6th, um, and she's been with the county over 20 years, and we've already got you know, it in the works to, you know, fill that vacancy so that will be happening soon. That position will be posted, et cetera. So, you know, we don't want to let that lapse too long. And I told you all, I will be retiring as well. Um, and let's see. So you work toward your replacement? I'm going to be working with Steve okay. on drafting an ad and okay. other things. Good. So, is yeah. this your last meeting with us? No, I'll be That's, here May 10th. Okay, good. <laughs> well, the, this What's is so funny? <laughs> <laughs> well, is it 12th or something? Is it your last day or what? What's your uh, last, the last day in the office, May 11th. The 11th, okay. Yeah. So, you're not taking notes at the May 10th meeting, I take Probably it. not. <laughs> <laughs> or if I do, I'll pass them off. <laughs> Trisha, Deborah, Leslie, oh. Terry. So, it's a, it's a good feeling. <laughs> I retired a year ago. Did you? In the county, yes. Oh, did you? Yes. Okay. Um, we have a new program that's going to be starting. That was the idea of Lori Stahl. It's a hand chime group for caregivers and persons with cognitive issues. That's going to begin um, in September of 2022. And music is an extremely beneficial therapeutic activity for anybody with dementia. So it's be a wonderful addition to the music therapy that the Adult Day Centers already engage in. But this will be a wonderful addition. And would you like to say anything more about it, Lori? Um, for those of you who don't know me, I'm, I'm Lori Stahl. I'm an Elder Resources Case Manager here at AAA. And I'm modeling this program, this hand chime group, after a group that I conducted for many, many years in Wisconsin for special needs adults and seniors with cognitive impairments. So that could be a combination of early stage Alzheimer's, younger onset early stage, people who have mild cognitive impairment, and also people who are in the early moderate stage of the disease process. And we ask that their care partner, the person that you know assists them, participates as well because it's a wonderful opportunity to have those folks um, feel successful about something because we know that music reaches and touches people where nothing else can. Art certainly can and, and um, spiritual resources, but music can really affect the brain. So we set up the group um, where everybody will have a, a note to play in the hand chime and it's done in like an oval sort of a format. And I will be conducting music. We're also going to have a teenage volunteer assist us on the keyboard who's already all set 
um, and anxious to join us. And we'll be doing songs that are familiar, patriotic songs, perhaps some known spiritual songs, um, songs from Frank Sinatra, you know, just songs that everybody knows and can sing along with. We hope to do this twice a month. We, the goal is to have a consistent group because the more consistent participants, the group will be very strong, it will be powerful, and they will feel very comfortable and they'll also take ownership of the group in the sense that they will feel um, purposeful, which is what we so want people with an early stage diagnosis to feel and to experience. And then to have their care partner with them, that just is like a cherry on top because then everybody is successful in you know doing a music program. We hope to have a performance as well once we get grounded, um, so you're all be invited. And um, I thank Leslie and Rich and certainly Lynn for you know just giving us giving me the opportunity to to bring this to Loudoun County. I'm very excited and and I feel it's going to be a great great program. So thank you. Where would you have this? Are you going to do multiples in the and each hill. No, so right now the group is going to meet here um, at in the program room, and we'll have a keyboard, and we'll be meeting here. It is the plan. So the person living with the diagnosis and their care partner obviously will be coming here. Excellent. I have plenty of uh, Frank Sinatra CDs. <laughs> <laughs> Tony Bennett. There you go. There you go. But, and I also play the piano. So oh, good to know. Oh, thank you, thank you. Thank you. And <laughs> we hope after the meeting, um, I have a little sample of a um, session that I did with my group in Milwaukee. So we're going to be sending that out just so you can get a flavor of what it's all about. A little once, video. A little video. Once you see the smile on people's faces, you're you're bought into this program. Mm -hmm. It's incredible. Have you heard about it? Right. Do you want to share? We're, um, have a list going. I think we have the AAA Rhythm Ringers. Um, we're trying to come up with some names. We have um, somebody suggested Chime In. Oh, I like um, that. AAA like Music catchy. Makers. So if you have any ding thoughts. Dong, ding Dong Crew. Ding Dong. You may even hear them or see them because one of the days, I, did we do Tuesday? I think Tuesday. 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 So mm -hmm. you'll see them on COA days. Yeah. At 10 o'clock in the morning. So you can come in and yeah. get Thanks. a good good feeling about the beginning what, what of your session. It's going to be on Tuesday. So our first session is going to be Tuesday, September 13th. And Leslie is working on flyers. We're also going to be getting people t-shirts so everybody will be able to wear their t-shirt we're going to collect them the t-shirts right now are going to be used when we perform um, but we might use them during the session as well and we'll collect them after each time so they're freshly laundered people remember to bring them and to wear them so it's all kind of uh, will lead to success yeah it's good that, that'll be wonderful so what's your method for getting it out to the county so i'm gonna Leslie, share that with you. You mean sharing that this program is Correct. available? Um, so we have multiple ways of um, conducting outreach. So um, we have a mailing list. Mm -hmm. um, this information will be sent out to all of the members who participate in all of our support groups. 
Um, we have an early stage caregiver support or, or early stage support group for people with early stage um, dementia. We have caregiver support groups, and then also the information will be going to all of the adult day centers, okay. senior centers, and then um, we do health fairs. And uh, actually, we'll be at the, the Garden Leesburg Flower, Flower and Garden, Garden Show. So our outreach specialist has a long list of um, where she sends out information, and so and it'll be spread out across the county. I'm thinking of retired Senator Charlie Waddell. They call him the singing senator, and he's right here at Arbor. <laughs> What's it, Arbor? Um, What's the place called? Arbor. Arbor. Spring Arbor. Spring Arbor. Yeah, and he sings all the time. Every time I go visit him, he's singing, and he, he's so I don't know. That's, oh, like, he'd be a guy that really would like to take part of it. It's a hand. It's a big hand. Well, you have to give him the information. Yes, I will. Okay. Yeah. 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 The nice thing is, there's no charge. There's no charge for the participants to be part of the group, which is amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Great. Yeah. And oh, sorry. Um, we're also going to be having a new series of caregiver service program events, um, and Leslie and Tricia certainly will be letting you all know about those as they do every month. Um, as was already mentioned, um, AAA is going to have a table at the um, Leesburg Flower and Garden Show, which is not this weekend, but the weekend. After that, April 23rd and 24th, if no one's ever been, the Flower and Garden Show in Leesburg is wonderful, if it's good weather. Um, April 23rd and 24th. It's a Saturday and a Sunday. It's all downtown Leesburg, King Street, Loudoun. It's all blocked off. It's beautiful. And there's a lot of service organizations um, that will, you know, set up tables and do outreach. And then there's, you know, vendors and crafts. And it's wonderful. I love that. Um, so uh, we will be there. Um, Trish is going to, well, you, you guys probably already sent this out, that on April 28th, uh, the effective communication strategies with the Alzheimer's Association, that will be happening May 18th, um, responding to dementia-related behavior, also with the Alzheimer's Association, that will be an event that we're doing, but all this information will go out. And if, if you're on the, uh, the mailing list, you know, yeah, we could so certainly a, send that. There's a caregiver mailing list, but there's also um, that you have to opt, opt into. Um, but also this information is posted online, and it's already mm -hmm. out there. Does this is part COA of get these? Yeah, Terry yeah. has it yeah. yesterday. Yeah, she sends she, it all oh, Okay, out. So good. I just saw them in the lobby, and I thought, yeah. And oh, we need to. And it'll also this. be in my report. Okay. I always send my report to Terry, and then she sends it out. So, you know, there's a couple ways you're going to okay. see that good. Um, each month. Um, I was just going to say something. Let me think. What was I going to say? I don't know. Um, let's see. Oh, I was just wanted to say for our, our public um, guests today that, AAA has a wonderful caregiver um, service, caregiver services program. And it's in our, it's on our website, and that's what we're referring to. Some of okay. this is through that. Okay. And then our outreach, and there's all kinds of stuff on there. Um, and I also, I think that's all I have, but I also want to introduce Deborah. I think 
all of you, well, you may not know, this is Deborah Williams. Deborah Williams is the Senior Services Manager for the Area 8 and 10 Aging, and in that position, she oversees all the senior centers, as well as our congregate and home-delivered meals programs. And Oh, and senior trips. Did I miss anything? <laughs> um, and what do you do on your free time? <laughs> you had you, the COA had asked um, last month in regard to uh, social isolation, in regard to some of the programming going on at our five senior centers, and you had asked me to ask Deborah to be here to if you all just we're just going to do this informally any questions you have about programming programming for younger seniors is something that has come up um, programming in general uh, Deborah is here to answer your questions so what questions do you have for Deborah in regard to programming any of that that had come up or how, do, how does programming get determined? At, at the individual centers. We have a, at, the, at each center we have a manager, an assistant manager, a cafe supervisor, and that's the person who's basically responsible for the congregate meal program. And we have a rec programmer, that person is responsible, basically responsible for all the programming that goes on at the center. Um, not that that person is the only person who, who will create the program, but that person is the person who basically oversee and make sure that this, all the center, that that center has a program that the seniors are asking for and that the seniors want. Now, at each one of the centers, we may have different programming, different kinds of programming, because like at Carver, we may not have a poker group that want to play at Carver. They may want to come to Leesburg. So you will have programming at Leesburg and Dallas South that may not be at another center. Or you will have um, some, of the other some of the other programming that may be at one center, but it's not at another center. Um, like the ukulele group, and I'm sure if you've ever been at a, to a, a center in the last year, you've heard of the ukulele group, because they started at Carver, and now we have a ukulele group at almost all the centers, and they're playing for birthday parties. One ukulele group even um, get an engagement outside of the center on the weekend, they're playing. Um, interesting, interesting group, because that um, the ukulele group um, at, at Dallas South, I, I'm saying interesting, and I'm going to veer off a little bit, because the gentleman who is um, the volunteer that's pulling that group together, he has pulled in a guitar player, drums, so they have a little band that's playing back in the room, so it's pretty cool. Um, so that's, the programming is basically coming, maybe coming, maybe at one center and it will spread to the other centers or we will have a unique program at one center. So it's basically the staff at the center actually they are the ones responsible for the programming at that center. And how much input into programming do uh, members of each center have? It, is, Suggestions that it can come through, a senior can come in and suggest a program, 
and the staff can make it happen, or it can come through the advisory board, a list of programs, or the staff can make, come up with some, let's try doing this, or let's try this program. So it's a number of ways that programs come into the center. And um, it, it, they are definitely 90, I would say, a huge percentage of the programs come through the members, especially the games. Some of the games I've never heard of. <laughs> um, but they come in through the members. And once a member bring a program in, the staff usually get together, figure out how we can make that program work. If it's something that we can make work at that center, sometimes we can't make it work at this center, but we can make it work at another center. Because each one of the centers, in Deborah Williams' opinion, each one of the centers is very unique. Like they, you have five senior centers, but they are as different as five senior centers. Are there any, I'm going to use the word mandates, which is a bad word, but uh, a commonality across senior centers, because you know you get public funding and that sort of thing, uh, that there's maybe some kind of a basic program that each center should have? Is there any guideline on that? The only pro mandated program is the Congregate Meal Program, and the HDM program, Home Delivered Meals Program, right. has to come to But nothing center. about you should offer something that has exercise in it or something yeah. that has... No, we don't, it's not mandated, but we make sure that that happens. Right. Mike, because, oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, because that's guidelines that come in from DARS. Right, that that's these, kind of my yeah, question. Yeah. yeah, we make sure, it's not mandated, but we make sure it happens. Cool. Yes, ma'am. In terms of, you said, public funding, our senior centers are all locally funded. The only state and federal funds that go into the senior centers is the congregate meal program and the home delivered meal program. Right. All the rest is local funding, so no, we are not under any sort of mandate or anything else through DARS or any other entity. Okay, perfect. Okay, awesome. So that's important to know. Well, I like the feedback from, this, from the participants, right? I mean, that's, that's where it should start. Yeah, and we get a lot of feedback. <laughs> I'm sure. <laughs> if you um, belong to one center, you... You also belong to all the other centers? Mm -hmm. Correct. Yes, so. If you're a member at one center, you're yeah, a member you at all show the you a little thing about Yeah. So do you, do you all, and I think you do, but I'm asking anyway. Mm -hmm. uh, so like, uh, I'm just going to use a ukulele problem, even though you said now it's everywhere. Mm -hmm. But if someone from one center wanted to participate before it was everywhere, did you provide transportation for people to get to the other center? Yeah. Or how did they, how, how do you go cross-pollinate, as it were? Mm -hmm. We leave that up to them. Okay. Yeah. Well, no, so they yeah. have to provide their own transportation. Yeah, they provide their own transportation and they carpool or because we have, with the ukulele group and the line dancing groups, they go to all five centers. They mm -hmm. dance at or play the instruments at all five centers. Um, I have no idea how they get there. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just glad to see them. Yes, indeed. <laughs> Let me offer a little tidbit that none of you knows about, and that is on the subject of ukulele. Mm -hmm. The Portuguese brought the ukulele to the Hawaiian Islands, and the reason for the name is that the Hawaiians have a name for little fleas called hukus, hukes. 
And lele means dance, so it was the dancing fleas. Oh. When they were fingering the ukulele, the, the strings, they, they called it dancing fleas. So that's why the term ukulele came about. Ta da! I'll bet Guy doesn't know that. <laughs> I, have, I have a crazy thought. Uh, senior centers are open for people 55 and older. I have two of my three kids who are 55 and older who are working their butts off during the day. They could never go to a program because of the hours. But I also think that um, if we look at aging as a continuum, there are things that my kids, I, I assume many others, are going to be looking at very soon, like retirement. What does retirement mean? Um, lifelong learning. This is something that gets me excited. I'm a whole lot older than 55. Uh, how, how do we start to think about this group, not as just for people who perhaps are retired, and have that time in the daytime, uh, but possibilities of starting to look at the groups coming on in the future, who uh, or those who are younger but now working but may have desires and needs in a in a place like a center like that. Well, Wild idea, but just throw it out. It's not a wild idea. Eventually, we will probably um, start looking at more evening hours. Right now, we are doing well. All the years that the centers have been open, we've had evening hours with very little participation. Mm -hmm. And on Saturdays, we have morning hours with not a whole lot of participation. Um, I think at Ashburn and at Dallas South, we may have more participation. Because of what they because they're playing active games there, mm -hmm. and, I, and I did that because they're playing pickleball at Ashburn, mm -hmm. and um, and Carver they're playing pickleball. So we are we we are looking at that. We have not completely moved in that direction, and I would say that. But that is constantly something that, as a triple A, we are paying attention to. We are paying attention to trends you know, aging trends, um, you know, what people are looking for. So we're not stuck in one place. But you do provide, like, trips. Yeah, right. Know, that See, from the center. Sure. We're going to go on trips. And, yeah, right. Going as the weekends. And, yeah. Right. yeah and a lot, and of, we, lot of opportunities. Yeah, we do have a lot of the younger seniors utilize the trips. Program. The trips yeah. program, yeah. And even older ones, too. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No. <laughs> All age. <laughs> Yeah, because we, we are doing some very interesting trips. Yeah. And so, um, some trips we're doing right now, after the pandemic especially, we're doing a lot of walking tours. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. So that's always good. Help the right trip. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, we've always been very good at, you know, trying new things. Mm -hmm. And if it doesn't work, well, okay. You don't continue it, you know, but you try. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So I, I just keep thinking of, uh, you know, somehow we go up to age 55 and you're young, and then all of a sudden 
<laughs> but the, the needs change yeah. along the way. And uh, I guess my thought is, how do we start to nurture uh, those people who are getting into that older group but will have different needs but maybe not playing pickleball yeah. uh, at, at a certain point. Well, the average so, age is still mid-70s, right. I would yeah. say about yeah. 75, yeah. and yeah. that's always been the case mm -hmm. for yeah, over for 20 senior, years. Yeah, for the senior students, it's always been the average age is about 75. Mm -hmm. And um, at all of the centers, we have the large programs. We have a lot of small programs that's going on all the time, like um, current, and, and, and I always think of something that I'm interested in also, like the current events group um, that, you know, and, and right now, because during the pandemic, we did a lot of virtual programming. Yeah. So right now, we're still doing some virtual programming. Great. And um, at one center, they have a senior who's a member of the senior center, and uh, he in Loudoun County, but they live in New Jersey because she wanted to continue with the current events group or with the book club. Wow. So we are doing, we have implemented some of that as the pandemic is winding down or unwinding. We are implementing some of those programs. So and that's a virtual. Yeah, you're doing, it's, it's a hybrid because you have, you may have people mm -hmm. at the center mm -hmm. and you're also doing it and we have some um, some staff who is very much into okay, how can we make this technology, make this technology that we have in Latin County work for us, and so that's what they're doing, and I think it's wonderful. So, Kathy, yeah. another yeah. thing is that we do get um, younger seniors mm -hmm. through the caregiver services right. program because mm -hmm. they're they have right. parents mm -hmm. who have. Dementia, or right. or they're looking for information. And the volunteer dementia, but they're but they want to know about um, right. legal planning, financial yes. planning. Um, yeah, so we and do so all that. They attend our caregiver services program. Mm -hmm. And community ambassadors often um, some of those people are younger. The volunteer program has a number of young. Well, has all age ranges, but all of our programs are ways that people are aware, and many of those are, you know, younger than that average age of 75. So they're hearing about it, you know, mm -hmm. because they're helping their parents with things, yeah. their grandparents. So all of those ways, you know, people are aware of those centers. But by and large, we certainly have found that you know, somebody who, like you were saying, 55, 60, I mean, that's pretty young. You're going to more than, more, more like yeah. pretty young. You know, it's all relative, but um, more than likely, those people who are very, you know, independent, very active, are more likely to maybe go to a recreation center, et cetera. And then as they age, you know, when you're retired, then you look to another place, you know, during the day. And so it just all sort of follows this flow that we've seen for many, many years. Anything else? I hope we can maybe meet with you a few times a year. That it, it, well, Deborah, comes, I think it's has always come. Yeah, I, th I think it's many, many meetings. Very helpful to hear. So. Always invited to come.
And we also have our new, each one of the centers have their newsletter. So you can mm -hmm. get, get and that. you can go yeah. online and look at their newsletter. Or you can pop in a, in a center sure. pick up a newsletter. Mm -hmm. And remember, when, when you all became COA members, remember that, um, what do we call that? Orientation. The orientation and the, the thing we signed. Oh, the thing you what? The, the, that's your, that's what your, is that called? In order to be a member. Remember you know, when, when, when Deborah and I do that training, the orientation yes. for new COA members? Yes. There's an agreement. What, what? I don't know. I can't think of what it's called. Non-disclosure. No, no. no. <laughs> <laughs> Not that. Just, but but listed on that agreement is things like you know familiarize yourself with the senior centers. Yes, start to go to a senior center. Go visit this. Go visit that. Commitment to Commitment. That's what it is. That's thank you. That agreement that all COA members sign. You know, revisit that because that's important to. You know, do all that because then you are more familiar and then able to then convey that information to, you know, your friends, your neighbors, et cetera. Et cetera. Exactly. Oh. All right. Uh, we've reached a point now where COA member comments. Tony, care to add? Um, not, not much. Uh, thanks for all the information today. It was a really good uh, session. And uh, I, I just uh, I have a personal. The reason I, I, I'm carrying this with me, and uh, I'm worried about seniors in Ukraine, mm -hmm. and I'm worried about yeah. everybody in Ukraine. So just let you know that there is a, uh, a drive on in Leesburg uh, for blankets, uh, socks, uh, scarves, and if you have items like that, new or slightly used, I guess, uh, the uh, town hall has a box, and also Idle uh, Recreation Center has a box. So. Just like to put a plug in for that. Oh, yeah. Not directly related to what we're doing here. I, I believe Claude Moore Recreation Center was a donation center as well. For Claude Moore Recreation the Center Claude in Recreation. Sterling. Oh, okay. They were collecting donated yeah. items yeah. as well. well I just know for Ukraine. My relations with uh, Mayor Kelly, Kelly Burke. Perseville Town Hall yeah, so, has yeah. a collection anyway, center just also. Put a plug in for that. And that's all. Thank we you. We should all keep in mind the struggles that are going yeah. on over there. And uh, consider how much you can donate to make their lives better. A lot, a lot of places, yeah, they have people collecting money for the uh, food. Mm -hmm. I think through CNN, there's a, a list of approved organizations uh, if you want to contribute money to something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thank you. Thanks, Tony. Mike? Um, so, yeah, I don't know if anybody's been following the district map um, saga. Um, they have approved a district map. And um, that will be then put forth to a public hearing on May 11th um, at 6 o'clock, I believe. And so, of course, you can uh, send uh, emails to the board. And it's all online uh, at, at gov, so you can see it. Um, I bring it up again because District 7 now, so they're, they're, they kept the same eight districts. Um, and where I live, I actually have remained in District 8, which is the Catoctin District. But who is uh, Blue Ridge? Is that Me. Kathy. Okay. So <laughs> when that happens, you need to find out what happens to you because there is no supervisor now for District 7 when that uh, 
Yeah, because Tony lives in Percival, right. and Percival will no longer be in District 7, and so the uh, Chair Randall will be the sort of the supervisor for District 7. Um, and I, I mean, so that map, kind of puts two that. of you in, uh, in District 7. Well, I mean, actually, I don't know how that works, because Khalid is her appointee as the floating yeah. and so it, it's just something to think about um, and uh, so that will go to a public hearing then and then uh, in July it's, we're supposed to get word back from the state legislature whether that's been approved or not um, so again I, I don't know exactly what but, uh, but right now it might be worth finding out and you know do you work with Tony? I mean, um, actually, I I had a meeting with its new staff person, a phone phone meeting. Talk to them. I just ask them what happened. It's, it's okay. Really, I will yeah. do that. I got really involved in it because yeah. they were going to put my area into the Leesburg district, and we're rural. We didn't want to be in the Leesburg district, right? And we're right on the edge, right on the border, and so we lobbied the, the board to leave us in at least the transition policy area. It makes right. sense. It makes uh, sense. Right. And, uh, and so, so they did. But, uh, but it's a district, we would have been in District 7. And so that would have put like three of us in District 7. But I'm, I'm still in Catawba. So, uh, but you're, you're going to be a kind of a question mark. It will, it, it will not affect your 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 COA appointment though. No, oh, yeah. they so. won't do that. They, they no, get rid of me. No, for your term, it will change. still that will that won't. The supervisors change because I looked into this. Yeah, but I mean for this term, no, not for this they term. they wouldn't right. go back and do that. You know what I mean? It would well, be. Don't worry about that. It, the next go round, whatever it is, and the next well, election so of supervisors, that be a different thing. But. 2023 is the next election, but the supervisors change, which I was yeah. shocked. I figured right. that it would be okay. The next time the elections come up, whenever they, you know, we have the new elections, then the new supervisors would then take over. But that's not the way it works. <laughs> and then the uh -huh. state's going through this too. I mean, yeah. Redis oh yeah, well, that's, that's, that's a whole bottom up. So, right now. We're uh, yeah. <laughs> so this was the, and some of the precincts have changed and that sort of thing. But anyway, so I do have one other thing I, I want to bring up and. I, I only want to do it because I think it's a loose end hanging out there. I believe we're supposed to have elections for officers once a year, and that's why I was looking for the, uh, and we actually have not had one in two years, right? And so I'm not, elections for officers, I'm not looking at for your job, trust me. Yeah, but, but since we haven't done it, it's just kind of like, okay. So even if we could just have a vote that says we confirm that the, the current officers remain in effect for the next year, I think it sort of takes it off the books, right? But right now, I think yeah. it's kind of hanging out there. Yeah. So. Uh, of interest, uh, the chair is permitted to serve for two complete right. years. Oh, okay. Uh, uh, I started in the middle of right. the first year I was chair. And in January, I will be completing my second full year so January of 23 23 correct yeah. oh okay all right yeah well then never mind <laughs> and it usually is around that time period people like you are great 
Yeah, so, so uh, yeah, we're, I think, good. Uh, there, we've got superb candidates in the COA mm -hmm. to take over the role. Well, again, I'm not looking for it, but I just thought that, and it said every year, I didn't read the part about any uh, one officer staying yeah, more than a year. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Good. Uh, that's so that's an oversight the, on my part. When I get the, uh, the, are they posted on the website? I looked, but I mm -hmm. didn't see them. Terry says should maybe be, yeah. yeah, they are. Yeah. I'll yeah. send you It's not link. obvious. Yeah, it had to be because they required me to, to send it yeah. to La Amy Larrick, so it's, okay. it's up there. I'll let you know where it's at. Okay. Thanks. Uh, Kathy. Hi. Um, I have a quick question for, for Tricia. Uh, Lynn, you mentioned at the last meeting that you're starting to do some collaboration with the public library mm. system. Is, is that all in-house, or is it virtual? What, and what kinds of programs it's, are you looking just, for? just in the planning stages Okay. Now, um, but they're looking at doing some programs at the libraries themselves. Mm -hmm. Oh, I was just going to say, well, we've been collaborating for years, but is this for the specific? Oh, she meant, oh. yes, because um, while you were out, um, they asked if we could do some programs there or work with them to perhaps at the library do some presentations. at the library yeah okay. yep they would be at the library uh -huh. uh -huh. but for a number okay. of years already the you, library system um, distributes triple right. a information right. to all their library you know they have those huge right. email lists mm -hmm. and things and mm -hmm. they'll have stuff in the libraries our flyers and stuff yeah. so that's been going right. on for a couple of years right. already I, I just think through uh, the pandemic particularly, the virtual programming that comes out of the library system in this county is amazing. And what a great vehicle for AAA to be part of that and kind of spread the word. That, that I just and I think wanted Leslie, to clarify. And I think Leslie mentioned, sorry, um, we have done some presentations with them, um, but this was just a new, I believe it's a new person in the role that was kind of reinvigorating, uh -huh. um, doing more things. Uh -huh. Great, great, good. Uh, I did go to the library, Percival Library, to hear Barbara Fink talk about the tax relief program. And it was attended by six to eight people, mm -hmm. and it was excellent. It was a good refresher for me. Mm -hmm. And I did take a bunch of forms over to Carver Senior Center uh, after that in hopes that people would pick up a form and the um, ability to apply and get under this program has increased because of the limits, the financial limits and all of that. Anyway, I did pick up one thing. There were two women in the group who were recent widows and one of them in particular had no, had never done a checkbook, never done anything financial. She was panic-stricken. And I just think, oh my gosh, this happens to a lot of people, a lot of women particularly, and this whole issue of financial literacy is just, it's, I've had several friends that all of a sudden have found out their husband left no money for them. They've gotten a pay. 
it's, it just horrifies me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> anyway, I just don't know if there's any kind of program that um, might come out of that, but it was good. Well, I, oh, Kathy, go I can say Sorry. on that, um, I mean, when you run into, you know, people in those situations, they should certainly call our, our information and assistance and find out ah, good, what is available to them. Okay. Loudon Volunteer Caregivers yes. has yeah. the money management, is that what they call it, money management program for people who meet certain criteria mm -hmm. to educate people, help them with their financial matters. So, and there's probably other resources, but that's when somebody needs to call AAA. Ah. That's what AAA is supposed to be, yeah. the first call. Mm -hmm. okay. okay. What is available Good. out there? Good. Good. I, I goofed. Um, should have should have had that, sure. But I was just struck. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it just really got me. Um, I did listen to a pro-aging presentation, and I thought of you, Lynn. It was Dr. Tracy Gendron. I don't know if that rings a bell. She's out of VCU College of Gerontology. Mm -hmm. And she has just written a book called Ageism Unmasked. Uh, <laughs> really? Okay. Yes. I'm that down. I just uh, I, I thought of you. And it was good. You can actually see the presentation if you just go on to pro-aging. Okay. And um, she was quite well-spoken and, and, and thought. And can you see the presentation? It was called uh, Ageism Unmasked. And they will have a listing of former programs and presentations you can listen to. Yeah, are you on their site. mailing list? You can get on their mailing list, Pro-Aging by uh, Steve. Steve Gurney. Gurney. Steve Gurney, Gurney, he's the guy who yeah. started the Retirement Living um, okay. publication. Sourcebook. Source yeah. Mm -hmm. And they have a lot of good stuff. They do. They it's do. always at noon mm -hmm. on certain days. Mm -hmm. And then there's a way you can go back and listen right. to the recordings right. and things if you missed right. it. It's really, they have a lot right. of good stuff. Interesting one. And I, uh, Tony Buffington has a new admin person, and I uh, had a good talk with her. He does not do any monthly newsletters. I know a lot of other supervisors do. But to get something printed on his online newsletter, uh, he, according to this person, he wants something that's succinct. I, and, and I think these kinds of camera-ready with information, this is where you go to get help or to sign up for programs. I think that kind of thing is something that you would print. So we did that, that a few that, years ago. Excuse me, didn't we? we <clears throat> that we contacted all the supervisors yeah. who had a newsletter yeah, and asked them to put our stuff in it. Mm -hmm. I think it takes an extra prompt sometimes. Probably, because there's new staff come <laughs> and go. Yeah, sure. Yeah, right. that might be something. Does, she does send everything. To revisit, yeah, make sure it's happening. I don't it automatically put on there, but if I can boost from mm -hmm. my end when I get something, I think that might help. Mm -hmm. Sure. Yeah. yeah. That's it. So... He might not do a monthly newsletter, but right. I've been very impressed. I, for uh -huh. whatever reason, I ended up on his just email list, right. and he sends out all kinds very of Very good stuff. Yeah, yes. he does. He does, frankly, a lot better than my supervisor. Oh. <laughs> but it, I haven't seen anything from AAA, and I thought, wow, no, this would be... You know, most of these are like an event, so... 
hmm. whether they can build and a it's redistricting and or what's mm-hmm. happening yeah. to the park or whatever that may yeah. be. I uh, but in talking with uh, Christy Maple, who is the new person, we agreed that this is a great way to get information out to younger population who may be taking care of mm-hmm. a person yes. with a problem, a parent, yeah. or something yeah. like that. So, yeah. Okay. Great. Anything else? That's it. Thank you. Uh, we get to the new business, uh, and uh, since we're really not here, there's really no new business, but uh, I'd like to just get your impression on this uh, remote participation. Would you be in favor of something like that, Mike? Yeah, totally. Yeah. Tony? Definitely. I mean, I keep, I would, the thing that raised my attention level was poor Colleen now yeah. for two meetings now. Yeah. He hasn't been able to participate yeah. at all. Yeah. 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 So, and and I agree. I mean, there is a necessity, but then again, limited to twice a year. Right. No. I know. Uh, that's a... Yeah. And that, that's, that's a potential problem. And Khalid has been very loyal, but... Uh, that, that may eliminate him from being a member of the commission. So this was part of the NBAN last year, NBAN yeah. priorities. Yeah. But the state apparently doesn't apply to mm-hmm. local. Well, the state had legislation, yeah. but it didn't. Right. Yeah. It never what got out yeah. of committee or something. I forget yeah. where the status is. But, but that's basically what the supervisors are going to follow, right. I think. It just said that the amendments at the state level exempted local governing bodies, planning commissions, school boards. Because of resources. They can't, you know, it'd be like an unfunded mandate. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Certainly had plenty of those. That's just better than nothing, then. Yeah, (laughs) better than nothing. Um, Anybody else care to comment on issues that we've covered or issues that I think we should cover? I have one question. Ms. Len, you mentioned that there's money, is it money management for? There's a, there's a nonprofit organization in Loudoun County called Loudoun Volunteer Caregivers, and they have a money management program. So anybody who, you know, thinks they need some financial assistance, I mean, there's, I don't know all their criteria, right. but they should contact Loudoun Volunteer Caregivers and ask about that. Okay. Yeah. Or go through us. Go through and then yeah. we will refer them to loud and volunteer okay. caregivers. Yeah, there, I have a few clients that need that type of assistance. Yeah, so yeah. Have them call our in, AAA's information and assistance line. Okay. Great. You call our main number, and you know somebody will point you in the right direction, okay. or, or them in the right direction. And that's what Trisha, Trisha and her group oversee that. Okay. The resources available to people. As I commented earlier, you'd be a, a great addition to the Commission on Aging and the possibility of one of our members being disqualified because he can't participate might be an issue that we want to discuss with you. And here's how to reach me if oh, you have well, interest. Why do they have to be? Thank you. I was just going to yeah. say. One of the things to consider is the bylaws do state that, uh, and this is also from the state of Virginia, that the majority of COA members have to be 60 plus. So we always have to be careful with the composition, and it may be fine, but just so you know. I know, with with her and me, we might get the balance. (laughs) (laughs) What about lunch? 
<laughs> is there a stipulation on if I currently sit on a board at the senior no, center? No, no, no there's, there's no conflict no. there. As a matter of fact, no, it's no almost it's a, 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 pos a positive component. Okay. As we find out what is going on. Yeah, those aren't board appointed groups. This yeah. is a this group is appointed by the board of supervisors, yeah. and, so this uh, is sort of a separate category. Okay, got it. Position is an at large position uh, appointed by uh, Chair, Chair Randall, so it wouldn't matter where you live to participate. Okay. Yeah. Great. Does AAA have any little cards like that that? We could just hand out in a situation that uh, I should have had one. Well, yes. we have business cards, but I don't. I don't think we I have just a triple A. We had a generic oh, uh, one. A, well, there's commission cards, aren't there? Commission cards? There yeah. were. There one. used to oh. be. Yeah. Well, I'll look. Well, well, see yeah. if there yeah. are any I mean, in the cabinet. Right where you could write your name in. That's well, right. We left it blank yes. because, you know, there was no point putting specific names because then, you know, yes. you can't keep using them. So, yeah. Yeah, where are those? I think I that would know. be I'll look helpful. I'll look at my... Yeah. It says yeah. Commission on Aging. All right. Well, here is one. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you got your name on there. Yeah. Well, I don't know how... <laughs> Well, yeah, that we off, probably, it'd probably Terry, come out on the commission. Terry did that for me. Yeah, now they're going through staples. We have to order them through staples. And there's a... But we weren't married. We're right. Yeah, right. Yeah, we and then come right, out of the commission budget. Yeah. Yes. I mean, yes. if... Yeah. Good. It can't be very right. expensive. We'll put that down for next time. Yeah. like $35 a Get box. those out to you. Yeah. If we pre you probably do have a bundle yeah. in yeah. I do yeah. have yeah. Sorry. Yeah. And the, the box. Do you do? Terry? I believe okay. I got to make sure, though, we have the right okay. address because I think it was at the, might have been at oh, the Oh, our old Ashford. office? Yeah, no. I could get some printed. Oh, it doesn't, though, doesn't even give. Uh, doesn't have the address? No, it's no address. Just, just the phones? Yeah. Have phone number? Uh, just your personal phone number. Then I. I've got my direct phone number and email address. I think we have generic ones, Kathy. I'll look great from the Thank box you. form, yeah. and then you can write your name in, okay. and it'll have that info. Okay. Anything else, ladies and gentlemen? I think it's been a productive non-meeting. <laughs> <laughs> so what happens to this risk? Does this now? I mean, are there minutes that still go up because we uh, no. no nothing? We no. just this is uh, okay. Uh, the recording well, we, goes out. We, we can ask it? Terry to, to put summary? together a summary. Yeah, I think we call it a summary instead of minutes because yeah, there yeah. wasn't a quorum. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it is actually posted though. No, it won't be posted. It's not even because, on. What about the recording? I don't know. Not sure. Yeah, I, I don't know that. But, I'll ask Mom. Um, we'll find out. I'll ask Mom. What do we do yeah. in the case of a non-meeting? Yes. Well, because like we're not supposed to be more than two people together at a time, and but yet we did. But yet it wasn't a meeting. And well, we did post that when we talked about social isolation. Yeah. That was posted. We yeah, had to we post did that. have to post that. as a public meeting. As a public right. meeting, but there two were or more meetings. It must meeting. be posted. Yeah. So yes, but the minutes meeting. didn't yeah. go so up. That takes care of the public meeting. But we did, but it wasn't just no voting could take place. That's, That's right. Right. And okay. it was never really called to order. Eating. No. I, right. I think it's a This is strange. It's a very disorderly. disorderly. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Orderly, orderly. So, so that, that's why we invite you all. Motion to adjourn. All right. So we don't have to vote to adjourn. I don't know. I guess we'll see ya.
I thought we posted a summary, not a... Maybe. That might be the way so it's done. I think it's just a summary. There was no form. We, it's very brief. We discussed yeah, blank, blank, blank. That's it. Like it doesn't... Sure, sure. You need to... Uh, it, it, it is an invitation which has got to go access. I think I can send that to you. Can you be a guest? I don't know if there's any money. Stop this.